Where does Wisconsin fit in the new tiers if we're talking all the new programs coming into the Big Ten? We're going to talk about that now on Locked on Badgers. You are Locked on Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. we got Rajiv over there. Uh, always welcome. Welcome to everybody that's listening. I'm Ryan Herrings, the host of Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. And we're going to just keep talking this Big Ten expansion because it's pretty fascinating, quite frankly, for a conference we've followed our entire lives. And our first topic here, Rajiv, we're just, where does Wisconsin fit? Uh, we're, we're talking about tiers. Where do they fit? in a tier in the new Big Ten. Uh, we both ranked out our Big Ten uh, tier programs. Rajiv, why don't you talk about the criteria we're using here? Because this could be sliced a lot of ways, so we should be specific what we're looking at. Totally. And even between us, we've we've went back and forth a couple of times on how to do it. So the way I'm looking at it is this. like In the modern era, not modern era, the most recent era, the last 10 years, football programs, where do these teams kind of rank? So it gives us an idea of how they've been recently, but also kind of like where they stand right now. And interestingly enough, where do Oregon and Washington and the other West Coast teams fit into that tier and how does it affect Wisconsin? So I'm looking at kind of the last 10 years of football programs. And I went just a little bit further because we we had a little gray area to what matters to us to some degree. Now, football is still what we're talking about here. We're not really factoring in. We're definitely not factoring in academics. We're not factoring in the Olympic sports. Uh, We're We're not not, even basketball, really. Yeah, I was going to say, we're not really talking basketball either. Yeah. Uh, For me... I'm going a little further back in football, and I'm also looking a little bit what they're going to look like, not just this next year, but where I think they're going to be over the next five, ten years potentially. Um, all right, with that, let's let's start. Uh, Ryan Eller says, live show before last call. Let's get weird. Let's get a couple comments in here to start with. Robert Sorensen said, wow, an early show. It's 11 o'clock where I live. <laughs> <laughs> we do sometimes do. like I love it because like I'm on West Coast time, so 8 o'clock right now is great. Sometimes we do them a little later, but this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Adam Otto says, let's go. Logan Couch says, well, Wisconsin will give Washington and Oregon a rude welcome to the Big Ten, just like we did to Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers. There's no welcome like Nebraska welcome. (laughs) That was amazing. Amazing. Uh, Which has a lot to do with my rankings, by the way. Tyler Strieber says, let's go. Really do appreciate everybody commenting. Let's get Tyler's rankings in here first, and we're going to do ours. He's got Tier 1, Ohio State, Michigan, USC. Tier 2, Penn State, Wisconsin, Oregon, Washington, Iowa. Tier 3, UCLA, Michigan State, Nebraska. Tier four, everyone else. <laughs> I like it because it kind of is like who cares about that that bottom tier to some degree, right? Totally. And he just kind of lumped it all together. Totally. Uh, Tyler, thank you for that. Ours aren't going to be that dissimilar. I do have I do see a few a few differences I already have from yours, Tyler. Rajiv, let's get into our tier one, and we also rank these tiers in order, right? So we have our tier one, and then we rank the schools inside the tier one as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rajiv, once you kick this off, who do you have tier yeah, one? So- how do you have that ranked? So tier one for me is Ohio State, Michigan, USC. I mean, I really don't think it's it's hard to argue. I think Tyler's similar. I think it's really hard to argue the top three teams. These guys are all championship contenders, consistent championship contenders. They have, you know, five-star recruits. They're always in the top 10. This is like the upper echelon. Basically, the teams in the conference right now and, and over the last, you know, 10 years that basically are championship worthy. Yep. Uh, I have the same group. Uh, I have Ohio State one. I really wanted to go USC two, Michigan three, uh, just because I think USC is a higher upside with all the talent around them coming into the Big Ten. I think they're going to be a recruiting juggernaut. Um, but just based on what Michigan's done the last couple of years, I'm going Ohio State, Michigan, USC. That's my tier one as well. And um, and, and I would I would add on there that I know that some people might think of you know like the last ten years, they're ha- Michigan did they were down a little bit, but man, like Michigan is still Michigan, right? Like they 
they may have had some down years, especially like the Rich Rod era, but the, this is a team, and, and Harbaugh's been there for quite some time now. This is a team that really is still, it's still Michigan, however you cut it up. Let's, let's also point this out. Michigan didn't, when, when if you remember when Jim Harbaugh was hired, people thought, because he was coming off the, that pedigree that he had with the 49ers, with Stanford, they thought that was going to be an instant national championship mm-hmm, team, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. But they weren't bad. Like, Harbaugh's teams weren't right. Rich Rod's teams. No, no. Rich so, Rod was on a different level. Yeah. So it was fine. Um, tier two is actually where I think Rajiv and I are going to start to differentiate here. I have Penn State in tier two by itself. Uh, so for me, Penn State is in a tier higher than Wisconsin, Oregon, Washington. They just have a higher upside. They have a, a bigger history. I think they have more recruiting ability around them. I think their facilities and, and just their ability to sell their program is at a higher level than any other school outside of the top three. Uh, but I don't think they're in that top three range. So I kind of created a separate tier for Penn State. I have them at number two based on their upside and their recruiting ability. Yeah, I I, I lumped them into my tier two. I, I Penn State is, a, is I'm a somewhat sour on Penn State. I always kind of am because I think we get compared to them often. And I agree they're, they're ahead of us. So I Penn State is the beginning of my tier two. Then I go Oregon because look, I mean, I don't like Oregon. Obviously, they're a West Coast team. I have some friends who, uh, my, my old neighbor is a big Oregon fan. We always are talking trash to each other about Oregon and Wisconsin. And but they're good. They are, and they, they've been a nationally relevant team for quite some time. They've 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 played in the playoff. They they're they're obviously a very good team. Best years back in the Chip Kelly days. Uh, but they've had fantastic quarterbacks: Justin Herbert, Marcus Mariota. I mean, they've got a long list of people. So historically, they're just there. Then I have Wisconsin. Then I have Iowa. Uh, because I do think we're right there in that second tier. But it's interesting because instantly you have two teams now, USC and Oregon, that just basically just inserted themselves right on top of us. And that's that's more work that we have to do to win the conference. It's exciting that way, right? I mean, it's nice to be, have to work hard, but also it's it's just made the Big Ten that much more difficult. So tier two, Penn State, Oregon, Wisconsin, Iowa. Okay, yeah. So it's interesting to me that you don't have – I have a bigger tier three, which is really like your tier two, mm-hmm. right? Because I have Penn State and so on. So I have Oregon as well. I have Oregon heading up uh, ahead of Wisconsin. Then I have Wisconsin coming in number two in tier three. Then I have Washington. Then I have Iowa, Nebraska, UCLA. I I know I can already see you hating my Nebraska. Gosh, honestly, have you watched three. them in the last like since they entered this conference? They have been. I mean, look, Ryan. If I understand, like back in the Big Twelve days. We're, this is the Big Ten. Literally, the day they stepped in this conference, they have been nonsense. They have been crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like they're, they've they've not been good any at any point in their time in the Big Ten, which I believe started in 2011. That's 12 mm-hmm. years. How can you put them anywhere near the the upper echelon of this? No, it's listen. Every single thing you said there is correct. It's true. It's fact. It's factual, right? Every, everything you said there. Here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing with Nebraska that I think people still sleep on. The right coach kickstarts that program. The, that program, it's not. There's not many programs since the '90s that have won multiple national titles. That program still sells out every game. That program is an NIL monster. That program has incredible facilities. One of the top three or four facilities in the Big Ten. Um, they just have had this ridiculously terrible stretch of bad hires. Uh, which, but again, there's. It's like, you know what they are? They're like um, that incredible sports muscle car that's left in the garage in, in somebody's dusty barn in Indiana for 20 years. And then the right guy comes along, fix, fixes it up, and it's the most incredible ride on the on their streets. Uh, I think they have an incredible upside with the right coach because I think the history and the pedigree, the facilities, and the financial commitment is there. 
Fair points. And that's a really good point about the financial commitment. And I get that. But now tell me where you have Nebraska again. What number, like overall, do you have them sort of in your, yep. your rankings? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth. I have them ninth. So again, it's I, okay, it, that's actually middle. not that far off of where I have It's them. middle in the Big Ten. I have them behind I'm Iowa. Surprised. I have them behind Iowa. Yeah. Washington. Um, all right, let's let's take a quick break there. We do need to break for our friends of the show, and then we're gonna get into our tier four or five and finish this out, see who kind of makes up the bottom, the drags of the Big Ten for us, get into some comments, and then again, what we like and don't like about the Big Ten. We're gonna get into all of that uh coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. And listen, this this Rajiv and, and Ryan Nebraska discussion, this isn't the first time. <laughs> this is not the first time we've had this, so it probably won't be the last time either on that one. But let's get into our friends of the show over at Nutrafol, new sponsors of the show. And listen, there's there's a reason why, besides my incredible taste in fashion, I own hats. And part of it is is you know like I pick out great hats, but also I you know at times need to look at you know my my thinning hair and, and think about maybe getting some of that back. Eighty um, percent of men over the course of their lives are going to have some form of of thinning hair are going to wonder about hair regrowth. Nutrafol is that product for that. I love Nutrafol. I've started using it. They were able to send me some, and it's something that I'm really excited about to help grow back some of my hair. Uh, and you can get ahead of that thinning hair with Nutrafol. Um, it's a number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, visible scalp coverage. Uh, go to Nutrafol.com slash men, take their hair wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health and whole body wellness. It's not just hair, it's your whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men. Enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why more than 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Promo code locked on college, neutral.com slash men, promo code locked on college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's keep this going. Let's get Rasheed back in. Um, why are you laughing at me, man? Big, 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 look, we have such a great community. These comments, Uncultured Barbarian just put up a, a really funny comment that I, I, I enjoyed because I do the same thing. I actually shave my head willingly, but interesting. Very funny. Wait, 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 wait. You have a full head of hair and you're shaving I do. it. I do. I mean, this is, this is me like after like a, a week and then I actually, I mean, you've seen many times on the show completely bald and I actually do ever since COVID I started doing it and yeah, I, I just, it's easy. I don't have to go get my hair cut. I just. They get in the shower. That's insult. That's insulting for everyone who struggles with yeah. you. Yeah, on Uncultured Barbarian says, I'm 54. I have a full head of hair and I shave it because I look. I used to love you, Uncultured Barbarian. You used to be my one of my guy. Favorite. <laughs> my guy, Uncultured. You used to be one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite people. All right, let, let's keep going here. Uh, the, the comment section never lets us down on Lockdown Badgers. <laughs> All right, so that was my tier three. Let me kick off tier four, and it's going to get a little weird now because we have we mixed up our tiers. But yeah, yeah. Tier four, I have Minnesota, Michigan State, Illinois, and Purdue. I just think that group of schools, while 
not dregs. And while they have had some success, I mean, Michigan State had a great run. They've just been too inconsistent, and they play second fiddle in Michigan. I, I struggle with their upside. Minnesota, it is what it is. Like they've beaten Minnes- they've beaten Wisconsin a couple times now, but they've never won the Big Ten West. They're not going to do it anytime soon. Um, I think Fleck is fine, but he's not an elite coach. Using the word elite, there you see what I did. Um, and Illinois and Purdue are fine. So that's my tier four: Minnesota, Michigan State, Illinois, and Purdue. Yeah. So for me, it's my third tier, I guess, because I. Sorry, I realized I was muting myself. Um, uh, for me, Michigan State, I had, you know, Penn State, Oregon, Wisconsin, Iowa. Then I had Michigan State, Washington, Nebraska, UCLA, then Illinois. The next tier down is Illinois, Purdue, Minnesota. I'm a little higher in Michigan State than you are. I think they've had sustained success. They've beat, they beat Michigan multiple times in a row. They've definitely challenged, you know, for the Big Ten for, for many, many times in many years. So I feel like they have to be up there. Washington, to me, unknown look i know they're ranked 10th in the country this year i know there's a lot of hype around washington but historically this team is really not that great they've had several down years and they're they've got the occasional good quarterback but even in the pac-12 you've never really heard of them dominating the pac-12 because they don't um and then nebraska and ucla uh, nebraska they're my 10th so they're just a little bit lower than yours uh but yeah listen i just don't i think minnesota i think nebraska is just kind of a whatever team um and then i've got illinois purdue minnesota yes i have minnesota 14th uh, because I don't, I hate Minnesota and I think they're pretty, they're really bad. Most years, Illinois, I'm getting a little bit of a bump just because Bielema has made them better. Purdue, they've, they've gone to the Rose bowl. I mean, they've, they've won the big 10 West last year. They're okay. There's kind of, but at this point we're talking about everybody else, right? At this point, it's just kind of like the teams mm. at the bottom. How do you, how do you rank your bottom group? What's, what's the ranking you have for your, your, your very last section. Of the so team. I got Maryland, Rutgers, Northwestern, Indiana, and Indiana is just historically so bottom mm-hmm. of the barrel. And I, Maryland and Rutgers, while not good, they've had kind of years where they've popped up the rankings a little bit. Indiana never really does that. Northwestern, they have had a little bit of success. I can't, you know, say too much bad things about it, but that's that's where I have my bottom. Yeah, so I went Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Northwestern. I think the recent couple years at Northwestern, and then this this. Pat Fitzgerald thing that that program feels rudderless right now, but maybe I should be maybe that's a short term look because you are right they have had pop up seasons. Um, they're building yeah. new facilities there, so m- maybe I should have Northwestern a tick higher. But um, Z Lumosity says Rutgers is on the come up. Well, you can't go any further down. I, <laughs> listen, I don't. I couldn't help myself. Like I, I don't know. Are they like what is? I, no, they're really not. They, you know, back in the old, like, uh, was it Greg Schiano in its early days there? Like, they had some success. But, no, nah, this team is, again, you have to look at it when they joined the Big Ten. Have they ever done anything in this conference? Anything? There you go. Yeah, and they're never going to. I mean, let's just be realistic. They're not in the weight class. Um, yeah. Let's get some comments in here. Then we're going to talk about things we like and dislike about yeah. the expansion. And we're also going to do our penultimate Big Ten original. Like, which of these t- teams would you take if the Big Ten was stuck at 10? Who would you cut? Uh, some of them are easy, but some of them are a little yeah. tricky. We're going to get into yeah. that as well. Uh, Robert Swartzen says, I'll be happy to finally see Wisconsin beat Oregon. Yes, Regime. Robert. Yes. I wanted to give this comment for you. Listen, I those two Rose Bowl losses stick with me. So I was at one of those games. It was just really bad. And honestly, like, it's I'm, I'm there's so I live in Las Vegas. I think most of you know that there are a lot of Oregonians that live here, and there's a lot of Ducks fans, and it drives me nuts. So of all those teams that have joined in on the West, 
that's the team that I just really want to take it to. I like it. Um, this one is from Matthew Berg. I hate to say it. I think Minnesota has quietly established itself in the third tier. Uh, we will see how this year shapes out. They've been better. Listen, they have. I don't like Fleck. I've said that before, but I've also said his snake oil thing works kind of like it appeals to a certain type of kid. doesn't appeal to everybody, but people find it really corny. I find it corny. Uh, we're not the target audience. The target audience is a 17 year old high school senior. Like I hear that. Works. I hear that. And and I will say that they've got some, some, some decent sustained success recently, but you know what, Matthew was Minnesota's just never going to get any love on this show. It's never going to happen. <laughs> not certainly not for me. That's true. Joey Hanna says Penn state doesn't scare me. Should have beaten them last time. Yeah. Can I say this though? Like, and I'm not Rob, uh, Joey, I agree with you. Penn state doesn't really like, I don't have them in the tier one, but the should have, should have beaten them last time or should have done this. We don't, we haven't beaten them recently or Ohio state because we haven't been as talented. That that's why, I mean, that's the, the ball bounces the way of the talent. Um, but what I would say, what, to, what Joey's saying though, which I agree with him on a little bit is yeah. Okay. I know we've lost to both of those teams, but we've got pummeled by Ohio state. We literally gave games to Penn state that we absolutely were winning. And, and yes, we didn't close out, which is why I also have them ranked higher because we haven't done what we have to do to win those games. But we are, it's the gap is just so much closer to them mm-hmm. than it is to anyone else. I, I think it is too. Um, let's go here with John Berger. Bought a big, bought a new house today. I just want to say, congrats, John. Let's go. That's awesome. All right. Let's get into um, more comments here and let's get into what we like and dislike, Rajiv. What's, what are a few things you really like about this recent um, set of Big Ten expansion? Yeah. I mean, first of all, what I like it for what the Big Ten likes, which is money. Um, because I think that it, it, it is going to be good. I know there was some talk about, you know, adding two teams. Is that just going to split the pie more? Yes, a little bit. But, you know, Fox has already stepped up and increased their their number to what they're what they're paying. And once you once you add those other teams and honestly, I mean, it does make a difference. There's a reason that teams have basically been begging to get in our conference because the money's there. Jim Delaney was a visionary starting the Big Ten Network. I mean, all that stuff has really just spawn of this growth of our conference, which frankly is why this super conference thing is really starting because we sort of, we kind of, we, once we got that money going, everyone's like, Oh, we need a piece of that. We need a piece of that. So that's really good. Uh, the other thing for me is just for me, West coast trips are cool because obviously I live out West. So this is great. And honestly, there's a lot of Badger alum and Badger fans that live out West. We have a huge contingent of people and it is nice to kind of spread that out a little bit so people can, can see their teams, um, elsewhere in the country rather than having to go back to the Midwest. That's really good. Another sort of like not on the radar one that I'm really a, a big fan of. <clears throat> so the Big Ten, the, the, the CFP is going to 12 teams soon, right? And the original setup of that is six um, automatic con- conference champions. Uh, and then there's at-large bids. Um, and the top four have buys. I think that's exactly right. But the, the point is, is that now with the Pac-12 basically disbanding, and maybe another conference following by the wayside, that's going to open up at large bits. And I think that's helpful for us, right? So the more, the, the less kind of, yes, that means I know we're in a harder conference, but when we have those years where we were five and six and right on the cusp of getting into the playoff, obviously we're going to have that opportunity to get in now. And I really think that having more at large bids greatly benefits our conference and the SEC. So I want that. I like having more of our teams in there and that this, that will be a nice benefit. Yeah, that's that's really well said. Um, I, I, here's here's one that I don't think people have talked about a lot, and I was thinking about this the other day. 
what do I really like about this? Because I've been on record. I don't really love this. I see the logic behind it, but I don't really love it. But you know what the Big Ten has done that the SEC couldn't do is branch out, right? The the Big Ten has now boxed in the SEC. It's really kind of – it has that southeastern quadrant. And, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are coming. It gives them something. But the Big Ten is coast to coast. The SEC is not that. They're not going to be that. And the Big Ten has really strategically, if you're zooming out and you're looking at your chess pieces – um, Napoleon moving his armies around the big 10 has gone coast to coast. And that's something the SEC wasn't able to accomplish. And the networks absolutely love that. Totally. And I mean, when you, when you look at having big 10 teams in New York, Washington, DC, Chicago, Los Angeles, the Pacific Northwest, like that is a lot of ground covering, which, you know, is going to drastically improve the money down the line because now in all those markets, think about the advertising dollars that are, that are going into that and how much more local viewership you're having on all these networks. Like the, the, the next contract that we get, the one that starts in 29, I guess, 2030, that's going to be humongous. I mean, we're talking 70 plus million dollars right now per team per year. No other conference even sniffs that. And that that's, I, I love it. I love the fact that we're, I don't, I don't love it. I'm going to get to some other things on the negative side, but I love that part of it. I think it's really exciting to be, obviously it's nice to be in the wanted place, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be begging the Pac-12 to come let us in. I love that all those teams are like, please let us into your conference. That, that's pretty cool. But here's here's the thing. And we can just kind of alternate between good and bad things we like, things yeah. we don't like. I think there is a ton of positives here, obviously. The moves don't get made if there's not a ton of positives. Really smart people, smarter than me, have, have been working behind the scenes to make this happen. But you mentioned it, and I like that too. I like being an apex predator in the college football food chain. That's what the Big Ten is, feeding on whatever it wants to. However, the more you add in, right like it's like you're this exclusive community and now suddenly you're starting to lose a little bit of that exclusivity and i don't want to sound like um i'm on my high horse or i'm arrogant but i liked the idea that we were kind of this really and i don't know if we're as much that anymore now that we've added all these kind of satellite campuses i think we're losing some of what made the big 10 the big 10 i i hear you and i'll disagree with you a little bit because I think historically there's always been to talk, okay, Big Ten versus SEC. The SEC's certainly been the better conference. They've won championship year after year. And with the addition of a team like USC and Oregon, two very big, powerful football football powerhouses, I think that actually does kind of help. Like, I understand what you're saying about exclusivity, but I think by adding really good teams in there, it is kind of growing that, like, the conference just in, in innately now is more stable and it's uh, simply a better conference. And now at the national level, we're not going to, we're going to have teams in here that are high championship caliber. And there are more teams now that are at a high championship caliber. So I think that it actually makes it stronger because frankly, we have had a lot of dead weight in the conference for a while mm-hmm. and we still do. And we're always going to, but now we've just increased that top end talent, which I think kind of helps the, the, the stature of the conference overall. Do you think there's a an uh, uncultural barbarian says it's time to pound the snot out of Minnesota again? Yes. Um, Badger Pat says we have picked up the best programs of a failing conference. The least we could do for the Pac-10 is give them Rutgers. There. <laughs> <laughs> they, listen, they would probably take Rutgers. Um, Bo, of course, Bo Dragon mentioned firing guard. Bo, we're not doing that. <laughs> this is even about guard today. Um, let's. This is a concern I have, and I have a really good friend who's a Mississippi State fan, right, and really sharp. He went to Mississippi State, really sharp cultural guy, and he would always tell me, you're so lucky where you are with Wisconsin because in the SEC, Mississippi State every year has to go through Bama, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, et cetera. 
is there a chance now at Wisconsin and not just Wisconsin, the big 10 is going to cannibalize itself a little bit. Like we could have a really good year and finish nine and four. And then, then you're not making the playoffs anyway. Well, yes, you're right. I mean, that, that cannibalization will happen, but you might make the playoffs because it's expanding, right? I and mean, there's now there's going to be more at large spots. So maybe, I mean, look, the SEC has been doing this for a long time and they've consistently got multiple teams in because they, those, those losses are considered so such quality in the conference. And I think the same thing will happen here. I'm okay with that. Actually. I, I don't mind the greater competition because it makes for much better games, more excitement throughout the season. And when you beat those teams, your stock rises very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. Some of the things that I don't like, um, one is we're not really talking about the other sports that all these schools have. Like now think about all the travel that's required for the rowing team and all these things and various other clubs at, at, at all these schools. That's just a lot of to put on these universities in general. The other thing was we just expanded. So, so in general, I'm with you, Ryan, that I don't, I didn't really want this to happen. I'm okay with it happening. Like I'm glad we got them and others didn't. So I'm glad that in the end we got USC, we got Oregon, but I think that in general, I'm just like, we just expanded with these two other teams. We didn't need to do it right away. I kind of liked the idea of just let's hang out for a little bit. Let's see how this goes. Do we like having the West coast team? Does it work for us? But right now we're just going full in and, and that's just what we have now. So that's kind of, that's kind of my back and forth on it. In general, I would prefer that we stay and that we get them later. I just didn't want it to happen now. But if it was going to break up, we kind of had to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I had a similar take and I had some people kind of point out sometimes you just have to take advantage of a fire sale, right? Like if, if I have, um, let's say I have a car and I'm not looking for a new one, but I walked by a dealership and they said, hey, I got to get rid of this thing. I'm 75% off. I might just get it because why not? Right. And it's kind of like Oregon and Washington's a fire sale. You got them at pennies on the dollar. Um, again, to me, it felt like the Big Ten is in such a, a, a catbird spot that no matter what they did, they were going to be able to cherry pick at some point. And I just, to your point, and I agreed with this, I, I didn't know if we needed to do this right now, but I think it's a valid counterpoint to that, that you weren't going to get a deal on Oregon and Washington like this again. And to, to counter or to, to add on to what you're saying about the other sports, now this adds scheduling flexibility for those four West Coast schools instead of two. They're going to be able to have more teams on the West Coast to play. So I, I get it. Um, I think the Big Ten was just being very opportunistic, which, listen, the Big Ten has been good at that. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing that I really hope the Big Ten takes time in thinking about is the, is the scheduling, because I said on this show, I was really, really impressed with the Flex Protect Plus, which is what they ended up choosing. And so every team got to you know protect what they wanted between one and three teams. So we obviously chose two for Minnesota and Iowa. And then some teams protected three, some teams protected one, and then they just filled in the rest. And every, you played every team in the conference uh, within two years. I loved that. I, I, I thought that was the most, the very clever way to do the scheduling. Now we have two more teams. I don't really know what that's going to look like. Maybe this is going to have to go to a three-year cycle. I really just hope that teams get to protect who they want, right? Like that's important because we don't want to, we, we want to protect Minnesota and Iowa. It doesn't mean we want to protect anybody else. And Minnesota wants to protect his however many trophy games they have. I know they're protecting three. And if UCLA and USC only want to do one, I think that's, I like that. And I hope they can really sit down and figure out how to make it work with Oregon and Washington in this system because it's very clever i do not want to have a situation where we don't play a team for six years that to me is not interesting let's get like you should be able to play all these teams within a couple or three years i really hope the big 10 makes that work yep i agree with that uh comment on clink says sec big 10 are going to dominate the 12 team playoff 
I, I think that's yeah. very I mean, really, we're listen, we're heading towards AFC, NFC, SEC, Big Ten. I mean, that's basically what's going to happen at some point. I, this is a really good take, Rajiv. And you know what? I don't think we're going to get into who's going to make your original Big Ten. Like, if you just cut out 10, that would be another show because there's so many good comments I want to get to. Uh, this is from Kyle Matry. This is a good point. It's an interesting point. Uh, just because we make a 12 team playoff doesn't increase our chances at winning a natty. Um, it's interesting in the sense that in the previous playoffs, if you weren't good enough to be in that top four, you really didn't deserve to be in the discussion for the most part anyway. Um, if you finish eighth, let's say, and you get into this 12-team playoff, I mean, obviously you have a better chance of winning because you're in the dance. But you're still probably at a, a serious talent disadvantage against the Ohio State's, Alabama's, Georgia's. Uh, it, it's doesn't, it makes the road easier because it's more inclusive, but it makes it harder because – in a way, you're going to have to go through three matchups, a couple blue bloods. It's, I don't know if it helps our chances realistically. Fair point, because yeah, they, 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 yeah, I mean, certainly you're you're in it. You obviously have a chance because any given day you can beat these teams. But yeah, you have to beat more of them. So if you were in it before, you only had to win two games. Now you've got to win three or four, and that does complicate things. I think it ultimately does increase it, <clears throat> and because we're just in it. But frankly. Even if it doesn't increase it, Kyle, I would look, I just want to be a part of it. Like I've I'm desperate to have the feeling that we had in 2015 when the Badgers were in the national championship for the basketball program and how crushing that was. But it was really cool to say that we went to two, you know, back-to-back final fours and we really were there for the title. And I know that, you know, maybe we don't win the championship anytime soon. And then but if we get into that 12 team, how much more exciting does that really make everything? And the fact that we're talking about a coach that can get us there, I think it's great. And so I do think it, it helps our chances, but I just want to be a part of it. I just want to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. I, I enjoy the the expansion, right? There's 130-ish Division One teams. To, to, try, to try to have a playoff with four in a sport with so few games is absolutely ludicrous. So Nuts. the more the better. And you get a chance to get home playoff games. Are you kidding me? Can I know, you- I know. Locked on Badgers live from the uh, home playoff game. Dude, it would be insane. Uh, I love this comment from Badger Pat. So thankful for Chris McIntosh. Can you imagine what we would look like without the changes made at the end of last year? We would be eating dust with the addition of the new schools. I think that last sentence, Rajiv, to me is because the Big Ten is rapidly evolving and Mm. it's rapidly getting better. It's rapidly getting more competitive. And Paul Chris, honestly... Again, we've done done this a million times, and it's not to put any more dirt on that grave, but he was rapidly going in the other direction. Yeah, this is a really good point. I mean, yeah, that last sentence is really clear because what would we be talking about? I mean, we would be – I would be shaking thinking about having to play Oregon and USC now, and then, like, all of a sudden, you know, because before we were challenging for the Big Ten. We were in the conference championship several times, mainly because we were in the easier West, but we were there, and we were talked about. But if we kept Paul Christ – we wouldn't be talked about. We would not for the next, let's say if he played, if he was here for another three years, we would not be talked about for the next three years with, can we win the conference? Can we potentially have this, you know, outside chance of an undefeated season? None of that stuff would happen. So this changes everything. The Luke Fickle era times up perfectly. And you're right, Chris McIntosh, we've given him a ton of credit on this show. He deserves all of it. And yeah, I mean, I don't, and I don't know if that was the calculus for him, and I'm sure that he obviously knew that Big Ten is changing, and and the, the college football landscape is what's changing, and he was out in front of it and put us in a position now where we can challenge for the Big Ten moving forward any given year based on the fact that look, look at how many ten four star recruits next year already. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't happening under Paul no. Chris, so Insane. we've already seen this huge increase. Every single way you look, 
you look left, you look right, you look forward, any place you look in this program, it is improved. And that is impressive. And that is how you turn a average to above average program into a potential national championship program. Believe maybe. That is, I Rajiv, I love you, man. That is awesome. Um, you know, the other thing it does, it gives you confidence going forward that you have a young dynamic leader at the top of your organization that whatever changes, because listen, NIL is not done changing, adapting. Um, college sports landscape is not done changing and adapting. You know, it gives you confidence with the Chris McIntosh that you have a dynamic leader at the top of your organization that is forward thinking, that is dynamic, that is willing to make tough choices and tough, tough changes. Um, it gives you a lot of confidence going forward as a Badger fan across the entire breadth of Wisconsin sports. If you're not evolving, you're going backwards. And if you're, if you're not moving forward, you're, you know, you're, you're going back and it's, you can't just stand still and, and keep the status quo. And he just, he just threw a wrench into everything and said, we're doing things differently. We're doing things my way. And it's been incredible. Uh, Kyle said, don't like this new big 10 uh, final year of cultural pulse. We know it going to soak in every second of this final year of sanity. It's tough. I mean, it, it is tough to, to, to look at everything that's going on with college football and the change that are happening. Look, I mean, I've said many times that I, I've loved the Big Ten. I'm a huge Big Ten, you know, apologist. I, I defend the Big Ten a lot and it is changing, but this is the evolution is happening. And whether we like it or not, we got to be part of it. At least we have a coach that's going to take us forward. Um, I think in the end, we will end up liking it because the matchups are going to be really cool. I mean, look, Every other year, maybe every year for a few years, we're going to be going out to USC. We're going to be playing USC. We're going to play Oregon. I mean, I think there's going to be such cool matchups. And and then it does when if we win the conference, it means that much more because now we beat it with these extra teams in it, which is great. Um, so I agree to, to an extent, Kyle. I think it is, you know, it is changing. <clears throat> it's not as fun right away because everything we've known is, is different. But in the end, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna take to it pretty well. Yeah, um, this one here from Matthew Berg. Ryan would find a way to delude us into thinking there was hope with BC. I'm not. I I couldn't even. I couldn't even pull that off. Like, there's no way. Nor could believe over here. No, no way. There was nothing to believe about what was going on last year. Listen, if, if again, if you listen to that show or if you were listening to the Bucky Cast, I was hypercritical about the recruiting stuff. I was hypercritical about Joe the the coaching hires, what he the in game decision making. Um, Listen, I thought Paul Chris did things well, and I mentioned that, but I was pretty vocal about some issues there. Um, but I didn't think Chris McIntosh would fire him either. I That was a stunning move to me. Um, let's see. Rajiv, uh, let's see. Any what is this, Robert? Any word on the camp versus locked on Badgers? Are, are you all too scared? scared? I don't even know what this comment means. The, it, listen, the camp is a great show. We, we, we like those guys. Those guys, those guys do good work. Yeah, like sports content. I've said this before, and I've said this to Rajiv and Justin. It should be like a buffet. There's room for everybody. Um, there's different types of things to eat. Like that. That's the whole goal of this show. Like I, the I, we had Scary on, and we tried to pump up his podcast because I love it. We've done that with everybody who comes on the Badger Notes guys. So I'm all about. All, go listen to all the content you can get and enjoy it. Like I would rather none of it be a competition, quite frankly. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. Uh, Tyler Straber says, every time I hear fickle talk, it makes me want to yes. run through a wall for the guy. So true. I mean, just, it just gets, I smile like this every single time I hear him talk. And frankly, same way with Phil Longo and, and, and Trestle, those guys are great to listen to as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, 
this guy has me so excited. I can't even, I, I, it's, what are we, like uh, 16 days away, something like that? I don't know what it is. Oh man, it's going to be fantastic. Let's get a couple more quick comments in here. Uh, Mitch Ames <laughs> says, Chris McIntosh is the Don. Rajiv, if you see any comments that you want to throw up here too, let me know. Um, let's see. Commandant Clink says, being a part of the playoff will be exciting. Yes, it'll be tough to win, but that's why we have to up our recruiting game a bit. I think we are on the right track to have a chance to do it. It's a solid, like, listen, you do, at the end of the day, Commandant's right. You, you're, we're playing to win a championship. I mean, that that's the bottom line. And you're not, there's no easy roads to championships, right? So there's a, there's a tough road if you're going to win a title. Getting in a big 12, our big 10, our, geez, 12-team playoff. I'm getting all my conferences in this lingo. But getting in a 12-team playoff, that's going to be he- hella difficult to win that. But that's what we're doing. That's why we're invested. That's why we're yeah. here. So yeah, Totally. A good comment from Matthew Berg um, here, not not at the bottom, but kind of near it, um, 835. Attitudes on the, Matthew Berg says, attitudes on the expansion will be based on results. Teams that get more shine because of the competition will love it. Uh, middle teams uh, ground into, into irrelevance will hate it. I think that's a fair point. I mean, because look, these teams that we put at the bottom of tiers, they are not happy about this. They're not going to, they have to face a much more stiff competition. And frankly, teams that were in the West with us, that were winning the West every year, but at least they had chances like Purdue, Northwestern. They've all won the West at some point. And those teams now, I mean, can you just imagine sitting in Northwestern's shoes, especially with their coaches being gone, Purdue, Indiana, looking up at these other, you know, this other, this 18 team conference thinking, how are we ever going to win it? I mean, we're worried about it too with, with who we have. Those teams at the bottom are really in trouble. Well, and then you think about the Washington states and Oregon states. I mean, at least those teams in the bottom of the Big Ten have a seat at the table. <laughs> They're at least in the Big Ten. They're getting that 70 mil. Washington and Oregon State are off on a life raft somewhere. Like the USS Pac-12 sank. A couple of them, <laughs> a couple of the guys got saved, and they just left Oregon State and Washington State out on a life raft, hoping to get picked up by the trade winds. Like that's a disaster for those programs. Uh, Z Luminosity says, and thank you for the comments, Z. Scruggs got to step up the D-line recruiting. Only thing holding us back. That's that's a hundred percent exclamation point true. Like we're not going to, we're not we're not winning any national title unless defense line recruiting gets better or defense line development. One or the other, likely both. Yeah, I mean, I, we we certainly need the pass rushing. We need those guys in the middle to do that. It'll be interesting to see how the D line is used this year. What how is it going to look different than what we've seen in the past, and and what do we really need there? Um, but look, I, I I've always said this many times. I think that I believe in what Luke Fickle is doing. I think he has a plan and. And I think he's going to kind of see what we have this year. And they're, they're going to tailor their recruiting. And like they're already stepping up huge in the 24 class, um, starting things off early in 25. I think that they're really in a good spot. And this will happen. I have no um, – I don't lack any – You know, I, I'm totally confident that this D-line will get better and all these positions are going to get better because recruiting is doing nothing but on sitting on an upward trajectory. Can I put on my Believe with Rajiv cap for one second? Um, <laughs> yes. Listen – I, so I agree we need to we need to get better there, but Jamel Howard was a huge win already. That's a huge oh, win. Uh, that's, a, that's a guy that LSU was after, Miami was after, and then Darian Varner, I think, is a big transfer win. So, uh, And I think I saw that comment already in your Tim. You're underrating Varner and Howard. Yeah, Tim, you and I are on the same wavelength here. Those are already two big wins. Now, he needs to stack more, but th- you look at the pedigree of defensive linemen that were visiting Madison, right? Those are the right kind of guys you got to get on campus. Now, you yeah. have to close them. We weren't even getting that pedigree a guy before, typically. Multiple high-level guys on campus. Uh, and again, Landing Barner, Landing Howard, I think those are two positive notches in the belt. So 
Uh, I, I'm not that worried about it. I think recruiting is going to go up. I, I just wonder how, what's the ceiling of defense line recruiting at Wisconsin? Like there's only so much you can do, right? You're never going to recruit. I don't care who you are. And I don't care if I'm wearing my believe hat. You're never going to recruit defense linemen like Clemson or Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia. But how close to that, how, how much of that gap can you close? That's the question. Listen, I, I don't believe I, – I, I'm done putting a ceiling on anything that Fickle can do. I, I just There's no ceiling. So I, why can't we recruit like that? I mean, in, mm-hmm. in, in basically half a cycle, this guy has brought in 10 four-stars. I mean, this is his first full cycle next year. 10 four-stars already. Who's to say that three years from now he's not recruiting with, people, with teams like Georgia and Ohio State? I mean, I know that's a stretch. I know that's out there. But there is no reason to believe that, that he has a recruiting ceiling. I, I truly believe that. And listen, that's what Kyle said, too. Kyle said if our receiver room improved the way it did, there's no reason defensive line can. Give it some time. Rajiv, you said who's to say they won't. I'm, I am. I <laughs> am. But I, uh, yes, I but my you voice, also say they have no chance to win a national But listen, my, my voice doesn't matter, right? Like, I, And I would I would be thrilled to be wrong on this, to, to be super clear. Like, I just – I think there are NIL and fundamental differences at those schools that Wisconsin is never going to bridge that gap. Um, I, I would love to be wrong. Absolutely love to be wrong. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, get a Bo Dragon comment on here. Imagine <laughs> if they lose to Buffalo. Like what? Like get, just walking around with like a rain cloud over your head, Bo. Come on now. I mean, Bo, you're right. I mean, if that happens, we are going to be really, really sad. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I have one thing I want to just add here. This yeah. is a little off topic to end sort of end the show. Uh, I'm sure you all saw <clears throat> Clay Cundiff's note about medical retirement. I just want to give a shout out to Clay Cundiff. I mean, that guy's been through a lot. Two season ending injuries with us. He was really good when he was on the field. The fact that he put that great note out there, you know, talking about how many season ending injuries he's had and how rough it's been and his body just can't keep up the pace of the game. Look, this guy is, is I, I hope that over the next few years, he becomes a great ambassador for our program. He stays connected to Wisconsin football. Would love to see him maybe get into coaching. I mean, I, I just, I hope that guy, I hope we haven't seen the last of him. Because what a guy, what class, um, just, you know, really feel bad for him and everything that he went through. And then we couldn't really see him on the field much. But yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to him. I thought that note was great. And I, I really wish him all the best. That is very, very well said. Uh, a great way to end it. On Wisconsin, Commandant Clink, uh, Rajee, or Tim, Bo, John, Tyler, everybody that tuned in. You guys are amazing as always. Thank you so, so much. Really do appreciate it. Um, Let's see if I can nail this outro without being too awkward. On Wisconsin, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Maybe.